Hello, FCS Nation. It's time for your show. I'm your host, Kevin Marshall. I'm coming to you from the flagship station of FCS Nation, Fox Sports, 1450 and 92.7 KGRZ and 1340 KYLT in Missoula, Montana. Joining me like he does each week is Mr. Chris Callum. Chris is coming to you from his broadcast center in Cheney, Washington. Chris, a lot of things happened last week. We'll get to that in just a minute. I think we have a pretty good show for everybody today. I'll sit down with Mr. Jason Simpson, head football coach for the University of Tennessee at Martin Skyhawks, and Mr. Jason Ross, the play-by-play voice for the Sacramento State Hornets. Chris, we've got an awful lot of games to get to from last week in a short time to get there. Let's just get right to it. Up first, Weber State 35, number two Eastern Washington 34. Chris, I know this one hurt your heart, but the Weber State specialty teams were outstanding. Yeah, it was a really well-called game from Coach Hill. Weber ran three successful punt fakes for first downs, and then they stole another three possessions by virtue of Eastern Washington turnovers. Eric Berrier was held to just 245 yards through the air, and Weber outgained Eastern 482 to 434. They also led time of possession by 10 minutes and really got their rushing attack going in the second half and kept Eastern in check. Although Eastern did have a chance to tie it up with about three minutes left, but they missed an extra point. Number three, Sam Houston, 42, Jacksonville State, 7. Sam Houston took Jacksonville State behind the chicken coop and whooped them. The game was close for a minute before Sam rattled off 42 straight. Running back Ramon Jefferson had 110 yards on the ground and two scores. Quarterback Eric Schmidt threw for 227 and two more scores, and they truly put a dagger into GSU's playoff chances. Number four, North Dakota State, 27. Number 20, Missouri State, 20. If you're Bobby Petrino and the Missouri State Bears, you have to feel like this was one that got away from you, but give Matt Entz credit. He pushed the right buttons at the right time, making a quarterback change, and Cam Miller really sparked the bison. Boy, did he. he comes off the bench in the second half. He goes 7 of 9 for 122 and two scores. That created the Bison rally. Quincy Patterson was having trouble moving the ball up until that point. He went 5 of 16 with an interception. So we've been waiting to see if North Dakota State's offense would explode. And it did eventually, but it took a quarterback change to do it. And I was very impressed with what Cam Miller said after the game. It had been real easy for him to transfer out. But Chris, if he can somehow overtake Quincy Patterson, that It'll be two straight Power 5 transfers that Cam Miller will have beaten out for the North Dakota State starting quarterback job. Number 21, Northern Iowa, 26. Number 5, South Dakota State, 17. The Panthers grabbed an early lead thanks to a fumble on the Jacks' opening possession and then played terrific run defense as South Dakota State tried to get back into the game through the air. The Jacks were held to just 60 yards rushing. Northern Iowa was able to keep the game in front of them, though, for the most part. Isaiah Weston had a great game. He hauled in four catches for 125. He leads the nation in yards per catch. Number six, Villanova, 44. Number 18, Rhode Island, nothing. Didn't see this one coming. Rhode Island was playing pretty good football, but we talked about it in the last couple of weeks. Villanova has a defense. Boy, they do. And the offense put up 511 yards on an improving Rams defense. Nova's defense, though, as you mentioned, they were the true force. They got four turnovers. They pitched a shutout. They were led by Forrest Ryan, who had 11 tackles, including 1.5 tackles for loss and a sack. Number seven, James Madison, 22, Delaware, 10. Hard to be nitpicky about a 12-point victory, but James Madison was not good in the red zone. 
No, they weren't. That's where Ethan Racky comes in. He was truly the star. He's the all-time FCS field goal leader. He kicked five, which set a school record. And then JMU's defense was just on lockdown. They held the Blue Hens to 125 total yards, including just 25 in the second half. Number eight, southeastern Louisiana, 51, northwestern state, 14. Cole Kelly was the leading passer, of course, for the Lions, but he was also the leading rusher. Chris, he is a legitimate Peyton Award candidate again. No question about it. It looks like it's going to boil down to a two-man race. He had 327 through the air, three touchdowns. The Lions racked up 621 yards of offense. They cruised their fifth straight win. Number nine, Montana State 27, Idaho State 9. Chris, I think we've seen a change in offensive strategy for Idaho State. They seem to try to play keep away from the Bobcats. Well, the Cats are playing excellent defense. They're averaging 10 points per game in the season and less than eight over the last four. So you don't have to do much through the air when you're putting up those kind of defensive stats. And this was actually a tight game at 13 to seven heading into the fourth quarter. Montana State ended up on the day with 247 yards rushing. Number 10, Tennessee Martin, 38, Southeast Missouri, 30. This is another game where Tennessee Martin started off slowly, came roaring back, but they let SEMO back into this one. That's a disturbing trend. It is, but they're on a win streak. And this was their sixth straight victory. They were led by 159 yards rushing on 15 carries from Peyton Logan. So they have a balanced rushing attack. Sometimes the defense makes you nervous, but I think this is a good ball club. Number 11, UC Davis, 24, Cal Poly, 13. Good effort by Cal Poly. Got their quarterback back from earlier in the season. And they had a chance to win this one with those two possessions that came up with zero points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and Davis comes away with the Golden Horseshoe. They were led by Miles Hastings. He completed 20 of his first 21 passes. The Mustangs, like you were suggesting, showed a little bit of improvement. They had 384 yards of total offense, 291 through the air, so that's more like a Bo Baldwin offense that we're accustomed to. And this was just a four-point game until Davis pad their lead with four minutes left. Number 12, Kennesaw State, 30, Campbell, 7. I've not been a huge believer in the Owls, but they handled their business against Campbell, took advantage of a lot of camel mistakes yeah and it's just more great defense from the owls along with an improved passing game they held campbell to 189 yards of total offense and xavier shepherd went 8 of 14 for 112 and two touchdowns to go along with his 52 on the ground mac knees 28 number 13 incarnate word 20 excellent victory for the pokes well, they avenge a 31 to nothing loss to the Word earlier this fall. So remember, with that conference, there's multiple games between schools this season until they get things sorted out going forward. With McNeese, they did this one with defense. They picked off Cam Ward three times. Here is the FCS Nation Top 25 for Week 9. Number 1, the Southern Illinois Salukis. Number 2, the North Dakota State Bison. Number 3, the Villanova Wildcats. Number 4, the Sam Houston Bearcats. Rounding out the Top 5, the Southeastern Louisiana Lions. Number 6, the James Madison Dukes. Number 7, the Montana State Bobcats. Number 8, UT Martin Skyhawks. Falling to number 9, the Eastern Washington Eagles. Falling to number 10, the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. Rising to number 11, the East Tennessee State Buccaneers. Number 12, the UC Davis Aggies. Number 13, the Northern Iowa Panthers. 14, the Kennesaw State Owls. 
And rounding out the top 15, the Virginia Military Institute Cadets. Rising to number 16, the Sacramento State Hornets. Number 17, the Montana Grizzlies. Number 18, the Mercer Bears. Number 19, the Missouri State Bears. Couple of bears there. Number 20, Jackson State. Number 21, Weber State. Number 22, Eastern Kentucky. Number 23, Incarnate Word. 24 at South Dakota. And rounding out the top 25, the Chattanooga Mox. There's been a lot of discussion about FCS realignment, mostly about the James Madison Dukes moving up to the Sun Belt. I think anyone who listens to this show knows that I'm an FCS guy. So is the co-host of this program, Chris Callum. So is Justin Swallows, who produces it. We're all FCS guys who believe in the subdivision and believe that playing for a national championship is important. To JMU, if they do end up going, I'll say so long, thank you, good luck. In the FCS, is our playoff system perfect? No. Does absolutely everyone have a chance to win the national championship? No, but there's a path to it, and that makes this subdivision so much better than the one that's above us. You have a great season in FCS football, get a seed, you're going to host another playoff game. That's another weekend for the businesses in your town to have a good weekend. If you get a top couple of seed, you're going to host two playoff games. And that's two weekends where more money is brought into your town, plus the opportunity to play for a national championship. At the FBS level, you have a good season, what happens? You go to the Poulon Weed Eater Independence Bowl 10 days before Christmas in Shreveport, Louisiana. No offense to Shreveport. I'm sure it's a fine town. But your fans go into another area and enrich another community rather than the ones who help you run your programs on a day-to-day basis. I'll get off my soapbox now. But I'm an FCS guy. So is everyone who is affiliated with this show. We like this level of football. We have a real playoff system. And we crown a national champion who's the last team to win a football game from a 24-team playoff. And for FCS people, we wouldn't have it any other way. It's time for us to take a break. Right after this commercial break, I'll sit down with Mr. Jason Simpson, the head football coach for the Tennessee Martin Skyhawks. We'll be right back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Thanks for sticking with us during the break. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. We're now joined by Mr. Jason Simpson, head coach for the University of Tennessee at Martin Skyhawks. Thanks for making the time, Coach. Really appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me on. We really appreciate it. Coach, it all starts with your football team, it seems, with your offensive line. That group has been outstanding. You've stayed healthy for the most part. That group is a good one. No, it really is, and they've come a long way, and I want to give them a lot of credit. Um, you know, up until this past week, we really only played five guys. Michael Shanahan, the left tackle, Chris Jackson at the at the left guard, uh, Mavin Hatchie at the center, Gavin Olsen at the right guard, and, and Lamar at the right tackle, and, and a sixth guy, uh, uh, Malcolm Miller, played this week. So we've been very fortunate to be able to stay relatively healthy, but that group took a lot of, um, you know, scrutiny in the spring and even the year before. So come a long way. Our coaches, Kevin Bannon and Matt Jones, done a great job with them, and 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 they're fun to watch, you know, watch, um, you know, practice and, and, and um, you know, play on Saturday and their belief and their, you know, commitment to their football team. And you've run the football for over 200 yards in all but one game this season. That really helps out with your play calling, doesn't it? No, it does. And, and you know, when, when Keon Howard, our quarterback, transferred in here from Tulane, uh, you know, his, um, you know, the run element in his game has really helped our, 
it's helped our offensive line as well. His, you know, his ability, and we haven't had that in several years. We've been more of a drop back team and had more pocket type passers and had some success. But, um, you know, this the ability for the quarterback to run has helped our run game. It's helped our offensive line. Um, you know, Keon is a very physical player. You know, he's probably 200, you know, 20 pounds. You know, so when they see him running between the tackles, uh, it creates a, a certain physicality, you know, within the football team of uh, them making sure they want to match his physicality. So it's all kind of worked together. Peyton Logan and Zach Wallace have both done a nice job for you in your offensive backfield as well. No, exactly. You know, Peyton Logan's had a really good career here. He's, he's went over 2,000 yards for his career last week. He's had some big games early in his career. He was a, a, a more of a specialty speed sweep type back, and he got a little bigger and stronger, and he's always been a good returner, a kickoff return guy. But, uh, you know, he, he you know, every week you, there's a, there's an opportunity for, for Peyton to have a big run. And he's one of the more studious backs we've ever had. Uh, really takes a lot of pride in his pass protection and understanding you know, who the mic is, the proverbial mic, and what the slide's going to. Does a great job in pass protection. And then Zach Wallace is a younger player that's really, you know, developed. He's the bigger back. Uh, but those two have really been a, a good one-two punch for us. The receiving core, I know you're down one of your best players there via injury, but the two Williamses yeah. have done a pretty good job filling in. No, they have, and they're both six-year players and got an opportunity to come back. And they're program guys and been with us for – uh, you know, like I said, for six years now. And Rodney Williams was a, you know, he was a wide receiver and had some moderate success outside. And, and last spring we moved him into the tight end position. And, and, and he plays multiple, you know, like most hybrid tight ends. He'll, we'll flex him out. He'll play in the backfield. He'll play on the end of the line of scrimmage. But, you know, he's, he's a pass catcher first, and he, he's really improved in the, in the run blocking. Uh, and then Donnell Williams is a guy that really came on the scene last spring. He'd always been a you know quality you know backup, but then he became an established starter and he made all conference. You know he's still coming back. We've actually you know lost uh, you know one of our starters, Tanksley, uh, um, um, the second game in the Sanford game, and he had a shoulder surgery. And then Donnell was out with a PCL injury, and I mean he's still wearing a brace now that he's back. And then Colin Dowell you know broke a bone in his foot, so. You know, it's been uh, it's been kind of by committee since then, but those kids have done a nice job the last, uh, you know, this past week picking up some slack without Colton Dowell being in the lineup. Your defense has been opportunistic. You've gotten turnovers. Who are some standouts on that side of the ball, Coach Simpson? Well, there's yeah, there's there's a lot of good players over there. Now we didn't play as good as we need to this past week, but the East Illinois game, uh, you know, the second half they shut them out. That was. Uh, Really good defensive effort, but we have gotten some some turnovers. You know, I think it, it, you know that that front group with Austin Pickett at the nose. Uh, he's been here. He's a six year guy as well. Uh, transfer Yabi Anoma, uh, the Alabama transfer, has really uh, you know he's a six five, two hundred almost seventy pound guy that you know kind of you know gets very disruptive. You know, up front, whether it be in the run game or rushing the passer. You know, John Ford and and uh, then the other linebacker goes by the name of Fufu Stevens. Uh, those two guys have played some, you know, good football, and our t- and our three safeties have done a good job too. With with Devin Sims and um, Takeem Young, you know, they're ten tackles a game type guys. You've won six in a row, Coach, and I know that the mantra for every coach in America is "Let's go one and zero this week." But how do you keep that mindset and keep your kids from looking ahead? You work on it every day. I mean, we we talk about it every day. Uh, we talk about it from the standpoint of um, you know what got you to, to this point. 
you know, how did you go on the road to, you know, 10-hour trip to Northwestern State, you know, down 17 nothing to Sanford, you know, in the first quarter, um, you know, go on the road to Jacksonville State, you know. This team has kind of been galvanized a little bit over some game day adversity that they've overcome, uh, you know, but the, but the lesson being learned is, you know, we practiced well, we met well, there's a lot of accountability, which in turn gives you a chance to overcome those those game day uh, things that happen, you know, whether you have to come back, whether you have to hold the lead. So we've learned a lot of lessons, uh, you know, so they I have to give the team credit and the coaches credit for that to where they get us to Saturday with an opportunity to win. We haven't put four quarters together yet as an entire football team. I don't think so. We've had opportunities. We're up 34 to three to, to Murray State at halftime, and you know, and and get outscored 21-14 in the second half. Uh, you know, so that was an opportunity to to grow. This past week in the third quarter, we're up 31 to uh, 31 to 10. We're up three scores, and didn't finish you know the the game out. So we've had multiple opportunities to whether it's come back or to finish some teams out. Uh, you know, so I still don't think we played our best football up to this point. FCS Nation, that's been Mr. Jason Simpson, head coach for the Tennessee Martin Skyhawks. Thanks for making the time, Coach. Best of luck this week against Austin P. and the rest of the way. Really appreciate you being here. Hey, thank you for covering FCS football. I've been head coach for 16 years. Um, the coverage we get in FCS over the years has tremendously grown, and I appreciate you. And, um, you know, and, and we appreciate you, UT Martin, covering us. This is Flash from Bikers Against Bullies USA. We are a not-for-profit group created by bikers, but not limited to bikers. We are committed to creating awareness and educating both kids and adults on the benefits of living in a society of respect for each other combined with self-empowerment. Bikers Against Bullies USA was started in Missoula, Montana. The very real fact is that kids are kids, and they're dying by their own hands each week due to the insidious nature of the psychological and emotional trauma created by today's bullying attempts. Our personal philosophy is that one dead child is one too many. I personally ask you to stand up, support us, and by doing so, you're making a difference. We cannot change things without you, your support, and I thank you in advance. You can get a hold of us at BikersAgainstBulliesUSA.com or Facebook, Bikers Against Bullies USA. Wearing braces on your teeth can be challenging. Flossing and brushing is frustrating at best. The patented platypus flosser and toothbrush for people that wear braces is the easiest and most effective oral hygiene device on the planet. Unlike traditional methods that are, well, just awful, your kids will actually use the platypus products because they are fast and easy to use. If your child wears braces, protect your investment in their teeth with the platypus flosser and toothbrush available at your nearest Albertsons and Safeway store in the oral care aisle. Platypusco.com. That's my husband, Mr. Fix-It. I got it! I ain't got it! I told him we needed replacement windows for our house. I am man! I told him rather than go to a do-it-yourself store, we should contact Renewal by Anderson because they only do windows. They're experts. No subcontractors. Hey, honey, did you know our electricity runs through all these little metal pipes? Yow! You okay? Yeah! Renewal by Anderson, hassle-free, energy-efficient, low-maintenance windows with a professional, perfect fit. A hole needs to be just a little larger. Keeping your home warm in the winter, cool in the summer with their Fibrex windows. I had no idea we had this much insulation in our walls. Honey? 
Yeah? I think it's time we call Renewal by Anderson. Good call, Mr. Fix-It. For a perfect fit, call 605-341-7831. Renewal by Anderson of South Dakota. 605-341-7831. Are you played by foreclosure? Well, here at Jim Lott and Matey, we can stop your foreclosure now. We're a mortgage rescue company, and for the small fee of everything you hold dear, we will negotiate with your lender on your behalf. Call Jim Lott and Matey at 1-800-YAR-YAR. That's 1-800-YAR-YAR-YAR. If you're facing foreclosure, talk to the right people. Speak with HUD-approved housing counselors free of charge at 888-995-HOPE. Brought to you by NeighborWorks America and the Ad Council. with us during the break you're listening to fcs nation on the palmetta radio network it's now time for mr callum and i to take a trip around fcs nation to preview some of the biggest games taking place this week up first number one southern illinois is at number 15 northern iowa chris i've had southern illinois ranked a little higher than most people have most of this season this is going to be a very big test for northern iowa i think one of the huge differences is that northern iowa's played two really physical games the last two weeks southern illinois had a bye week last week they should come in fresh excited and ready to go even though they have not historically played very well at northern iowa what makes me nervous about the Salukis is their last three wins have been by a combined five points. They're not you know, running teams out of the gym, but they are getting wins. The Panthers' win against South Dakota State last week on the road was huge, and they were return home here, and they should be favored in their other remaining games other than this one. Southern Illinois is giving up 24 points per game versus 18 for the Panthers. So, you know, it's kind of a strength-on-strength strength type of situation. The Saluki defense has been more consistent. UNI has a better rushing defense. But Southern Illinois has been very solid getting opposing offenses off the field, yielding just a 27% third down conversion rate. I think this is a true toss up game. And I've said it before if you're Mark Farley, the head coach at Northern Iowa, every calendar in your football building should only say October and November on it. They do this every year, Chris. It drives me nuts. Yeah, it, it's just, it's amazing. You know, they, they nearly beat Iowa State or sometimes beat Iowa State. They, you know, they're ranked and then they go on a little bit of a tailspin and then they correct. And then some years they win enough games to sneak into the playoffs and a lot of years they don't. Indiana State is at number two, North Dakota State. Don't think it's going to matter who plays quarterback for NDSU this week. Should be a lot of good reps for whoever it is, probably both of them, I would think. Indiana State is better this season, but I don't believe they're ready for a stage like this. I agree. The Sycamores are improving, but North Dakota State at home, you know, they just came off of a, a significant win against Missouri State, one game they could easily have lost. They probably learned some lessons from that one, so I think the Bison are going to have their way with Indiana State. William & Mary is at number three, Villanova. Chris, the Tribe are kind of flying under the radar in the CAA. This is a good football team with an offense. It is kind of hard to get ready for. They call it the go-go offense. They want to go, 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 and then go 
go some more. This will be a test for Villanova's defense. Yeah, and the Tribe, you know, they're turning some things around. I mean, they're 5-2. and two. There's still some room for improvement, I think. And they finish with Delaware, JMU, and Richmond. So it's going to be a tough finish to the season. They're going to definitely need to win a couple of those games. William & Mary has gotten it done on the ground, averaging 206 yards per game. They have four rushers averaging over five yards. Donovan Lester is the workhorse. And I think he's just averaging 5.1 yards. The rest of them are all over six, but he gets the majority of the carries. Nova appears to be peaking at the right time with the defense to match their offense. Number four, Sam Houston is at Tarleton State. Chris, the knock from a lot of people about Sam Houston is the strength of schedule. Well, they go to Tarleton this week and then play Dixie next week, so those arguments aren't going anywhere. They should handle the Texans. They should. You know, Tarleton, Dixie, North Alabama, three programs, transitional. But all have players. They all have athletes, and I look forward to seeing them evolve and improve over the next few seasons. But I don't think it happens here. Too much going on for the Bearcats on both sides of the ball. McNeese is at number five, southeastern Louisiana. Chris, McNeese coming off a really good win last week over a ranked opponent. This will be a tough test for that Cowboy defense, though. And it was a win that was that came by virtue of playing great defense. McNeese has one of the better defenses in the Southland. I don't think it's going to be enough against the Lions, but they might keep it interesting. Elon is at number six, James Madison. Mr. Callum, Davis Cheek has been great the last several weeks for Elon. He might be the best pure passer in the CAA. James Madison been relying on their defense a lot. Let's see about this one. They're going to need to run the football, I think, James Madison. They have not been able to do that with a lot of success lately. Elon is a very talented offense, maybe a little suspect on defense. So this ought to be a very interesting game to see who gets the upper hand in that business. Yeah, I had to double check my notes to make sure Davis Cheek is still playing. Seems like he's been there for quite a while. The Phoenix are riding a three-game win streak. They're playing for a playoff berth after a slow start to the season. They definitely have some balance. Cheek can spin the ball, but they can rush it too. He is completing 66% of his passes, 13 touchdowns against three interceptions, so they take care of the ball fairly well. They are better against the pass than the run. JMU can beat you in both ways, mixing up the offense as needed. And it also needs to be pointed out that the Dukes are averaging 36 points per game on offense and giving up just 15. So it seems like we've almost forgotten about them a little bit, and they're still one of the easily top five best teams of the country. Austin P is at number eight, UT Martin. Chris, when I look at this one, Austin P is a little better than their record indicates, I think. It wasn't all that long ago where they took down Chattanooga in week one when Chattanooga was a pretty highly ranked squad. Ellis is a good quarterback for them. I just don't really know what's gone wrong in the P program as of late, but this will be a good opportunity for them to start feeling good about themselves again. It'd be huge for them to go on the road and beat the Skyhawks. Yeah, they're definitely a Jekyll and Hyde team. And Chattanooga, that win's looking good right now. I mean, Chattanooga started off ranked. They had a couple of losses, but they're playing some good football as well. I think they're a good team. And then Austin P goes out and just absolutely dominates Murray State last week. You know, so really throughout their puzzling loss to Tennessee State and things are looking a little bit better. The problems come on defense. They are giving up nearly 30 points per game. But Tennessee Martin's giving up 28 points per game on their own. So this might turn into a shootout. The preview segment will roll on right after these messages from the end. NCAA. In the Division I football championship subdivision, the name of the game is outsmart, outhustle, outscore. But in the FCS, it's not always about the outcome. It's also about how you play the game. It's played with passion and pride and sportsmanship. It's played with honor and integrity. 
and it's played in towns across America where football is a way of life. The Division I Football Championship Subdivision. It's more than a game. In the NCAA Division I Football Championship Subdivision, the game is played with perseverance, integrity, passion, character, and sportsmanship as he works to honor the game and respect his teammates, opponents, officials, and fans. Every FCS player grows in his responsibilities as a student athlete and as a member of his campus and community. The NCAA Division I Football Championship Subdivision. Every down, every day. Number 10, South Dakota State is at Youngstown State. You mentioned the Jekyll and Hyde team. Youngstown State is certainly that. But this is a huge game for the Jackrabbits. If they are serious national championship contenders, they need to start playing like it. And it has to start this week on the road at a very tough place to win. Well, it's a dangerous spot for South Dakota State. Youngstown is 2-4, and four, but their victories came against ranked incarnate word in Missouri State. So they definitely have the talent to knock off the South Dakota State. And the Jacks need to rebound quickly from the UNI loss as they finish with North Dakota State, South Dakota, and UND. It's hard to imagine, Kevin, but they could quickly become a bubble team. Gardner-Webb is at number 13, Kennesaw State. I mentioned earlier I haven't been nearly as high on Kennesaw State as others have. I was high on Gardner-Webb earlier in the year. They kind to come back to earth a little bit, but they can score. And if you're Kennesaw, you just continue to do what you do, right? Eat the clock, run the ball, play defense, go home with a win. Gardner-Webb needs a quality win. They don't have one yet. Part of the reason for that is they're giving up 197 yards rushing per game. Kennesaw is not exactly the team you want to be playing right now, given that stat. And Kennesaw is at home. So I like the Owls in this one. Samford is at number 14, VMI. Normally, we would say this would be a shootout game, right? And it still could be. But Samford did not look good on offense one week ago against the Chattanooga Mocs. No, they laid an absolute egg. VMI's defense is showing improvement. They're coming off a pair of impressive wins against Chattanooga. Absolute dismantling of Mercer last week. I think they're easily the better team. But with Samford and their ability to pass the ball, don't count them out of any contest. They could make it interesting if things go their way. Number 16, Sacramento State is at Northern Colorado. They normally say, Chris, that two quarterback systems don't work, right? Well, I mean, Troy Taylor's probably been told you know football don't really work at sacramento state either well he's made both of those things go and the fact that they were able to run the ball with such success even after elijah dotson retired from football this is a team chris that i think is being very underrated take sac state lightly at your peril this should be a good game for them to continue on a winning streak against the northern colorado bears yeah, and I think, you know, your comment about the quarterback play, you're seeing that across college football in many instances because they're recruiting athletes and they're teaching them to, when in doubt, pull it down and run it, you know, or, or hand it off. And Weber State against Eastern Washington last week had three quarterbacks playing. So it's not unusual. I think Sac State may be the hottest team in FCS right now. But Northern Colorado is one of those teams with some upset potential. Perhaps they got that out of the way in their earlier win against NA you but the defense is perhaps strong enough to keep this interesting for a while well sac state is certainly hotter than fish grease right now let's see if they can keep it going southern utah is at number 17 montana the grizz got back on track last week with an impressive win over idaho southern utah man you know that they wanted to have their swan song and the big sky conference go a little bit better than this but they're a team that you cannot take lightly let's see what the grizz have in store for the thunderbirds 
The T-Birds have been competitive in many of their games. No wins to show for it. Montana needs to continue getting Chris Brown reps and figuring out how to score points. Don't expect the Grizz to have too much trouble at home here, but they also can't fall asleep on Southern Utah. Number 18, Mercer travels to Charleston to take on the Citadel. Chris, in this one, you look at who's given the Citadel trouble. It's teams that spread you out with five wide receivers and throw to football. Well, Mercer ain't that, right? They want to run the ball with Fred Davis. These two teams might be the most stubborn. We're going to run the ball even if you know it's coming. Teams in all of FCS football should be really interesting at the general. Yeah, I agree, and Mercer sorely needs a bounce back game here they can run the ball we know that i think they should be able to stop the run well enough to get the win against the citadel but i don't think this is going to be uh either team blowing the other one out it should be a fairly tight contest one of my sneaky good games of the week this week is north dakota at number 19 missouri state let's see if bobby petrino can pick his boys back up you have to feel like if you're him and the Bears, one got away from you last week in the Fargo Dome. A lot of things get away from people in the Fargo Dome. Let's see if Jason Shelley can bounce back. North Dakota, man, they've been real close. Let's see if they can find something to bring it all together on the road at number 19 Missouri State. Should be a really good football game. Furman hits the road to Chattanooga to take on the number 25 Chattanooga Mox. This is somewhat of an elimination game in the Southern Conference. Chattanooga, they've been up and down. They have played really well at times. Just think back to them being a paperclip away from beating Kentucky, who's gone on to have a pretty good season, y'all, in the Southeastern Conference. Furman, impressive victory over the Citadel in Greenville, and then East Tennessee State just out-toughed them. ETSU won that game in the last couple of seconds of the ball game one week ago. We'll see what happens in Chattanooga. I think the mocks have a little bit more balance on offense, a more experienced quarterback, but it should be a really good ball game from Chattanooga. Winner, still alive in the SoCon race. Loser needs a whole lot of help. The preview segment is brought to you in part by... Big Deck Barbecue Company, proudly blended and bottled in Fargo, North Dakota. Big Deck Barbecue Company is committed to delivering high-quality, unique sauces made with the best products available. If you're looking for something delicious to spice up your weeknight meal with your family, get to BigDeckBBQ.com. If you're a serious tailgater looking to take your tailgate to the next level, get to BigDeckBBQ.com. They spent countless hours making this product the best it can be, and folks, take it from me, they've got it right. Support those that support the FCS. Get to BigDeckBBQ.com. And Big Deck Barbecue Company would like to remind you that life's better on a big deck. Big Deck Barbecue Company, BigDeckBBQ.com. If you miss any portion of FCS Nation, pick up the podcast. Wherever you download podcasts, give us a five-star rating, and we'll love you forever. You can also follow us on Twitter at FCS Nation Radio 1. That's at FCS Nation Radio and the number one. Don't go anywhere. Coming up next, I'll sit down with Mr. Jason Ross, the play-by-play voice for the Sacramento State Hornets. Following that will be the pick segment. I know you'll want to hang out for that. We'll be right back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. 
Tory Pines Pub in Las Vegas, Nevada. Whether you're looking for a cold drink on a hot day or a place to try out that hot hand when you're feeling lucky, Tory Pines Pub has what you're looking for. Tory Pines Pub caters to sports fans and hosts Montana Grizzlies games every football season. Not only are you going to find a Grizz on TV, but if you ask them, they'll put on whatever FCS game you want. So when you're in Las Vegas, make your way to the corner of Tory Pines and Lake Mead Boulevard to the Tory Pines Pub and tell them FCS Nation sent you. ToryPinesPub.com Blaine McElmurray specializes in bringing your dream home to reality. Blaine and his team have been building beautiful, custom, single-family and multi-family homes since his return from the NFL in 2003. And Blaine hires only the best subcontractors to work on your home. Blaine has competed in the Parade of Homes only two times, but in those two times, he's won six of the eight awards. Give him a call. If you can dream it, he can build it. To see some of his work or for contact information, go to McElmurrayHomes.net. That's M-C-E-L-M-U-R-R-Y Homes.net. Let McElmurray Homes exceed your expectations. I'm DJ Coulter from Fargo, North Dakota. Welcome to American Family Insurance. I understand that choosing the proper insurance protection can be overwhelming. That's why it's so important to find someone you can rely on for trusted advice. As your American Family Insurance agent, I'll work hard to earn your trust, and I look forward to helping you find the right insurance solutions for years to come. Area code 701-235-6641. Or better than that, drop by and see DJ at American Family Insurance at 4215 31st Avenue South, Suite B in Fargo, North Dakota. DJCoulter.com. At Renewal by Anderson, we love it when our customers tell us on a brutal winter day, we can't believe how much warmer this house is since we got our new windows. These windows are awesome. We hear it all the time. Winter is coming, and as beautiful as winter is in our part of the world, having drafty windows, cold rooms, and always needing that blanket on the couch is no fun. Renewal by Anderson makes the best windows you can get. We've been five-star energy partners for years. Our new windows can significantly lower your energy bills, especially on a brutal winter night when the wind is howling. Renewal by Anderson windows not only increase your comfort, they increase the value of your home. This winter, put that blanket away. Renewal by Anderson has great financing options with approved credit right now. For less than your cable or phone bill each month, you could have all new windows from Renewal by Anderson. Please visit our website now at rbamontana.com to hear about our financing options and book your in-home consultation now. And put that blanket away this winter with Renewal by Anderson. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. T-Shirt Launcher Inventor. Mr. T-Shirt Launcher Inventor. Not satisfied with standard souvenir distribution, you created a device with enough kick to dislocate a mascot's shoulder. Someone get a stretcher. Courtside, luxury box, upper deck. Your high-powered cotton cannon makes every section the nosebleed section. Hit the deck. So simple, anyone can operate it. After a background check, a training course, and a five-day waiting period. It only shoots T-shirts. So crack open an ice-cold Bud Light marksman of the mezzanine, because we know you'll give us the shirt off your back at 180 feet per second. Mr. T-shirt launcher there. Bud Light beer at Isopur St. Louis, Missouri.
Welcome back to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Very pleased now to be joined by Mr. Jason Ross. Jason is the play-by-play voice for the Sacramento State Hornets. Mr. Ross, at some point in time, we're going to have to quit being surprised that Sacramento State is good at football. <laughs> well, I, they might like that role that people, for whatever reason, have been sleeping on them because ever since Troy Taylor has arrived, they've one year won the conference and this year in first place. So they've done great things under him, under the coaching staff, and the players have been uh, been playing their hearts out. Coach Taylor is a pretty soft-spoken gentleman in a conference that's kind of filled with guys who are maybe a little full of themselves. He does it a different way. What did he do to come in there and change the culture at Sacramento State? Uh, you know, I just think he's come in, you know, it's funny when he first started, he talked about this a ton in his press conference and it, it didn't get a lot of weird looks, but I think some of the players felt it. And then until we were at the banquet at the conclusion of his first year, um, it really, you could hear how it resonated with the players, but honestly, he just talks about love, love of football, love of your teammates, love of the program, a love of the school. And kind of, if you have that as your core foundation, um, you're playing for all the right reasons. You're playing for the school for the right reasons, trying to win for your teammates and for yourself. Um, it's just a, a mindset of everybody's going to do this together. And um, I, I think it's worked even when they've had players injured or leave the program, they just keep going forward. So he's, he's, uh, you know, all coaches say the next man up or the next game mentality, but he just truly lives that never celebrates a great win too long or uh, is down on a bad loss, just moves on to the next game. He's, he's really good at that and has passed that along to the players. Jake Dunaway was outstanding the last two weeks, 21 of 25 last week for 328 yards and a couple of touchdowns. And people say two quarterback systems don't really work, but they can when one does things that the other one can't. Yeah, I've never seen anything this far, Kevin. I mean, I've just been surprised by, I thought it would shake out by league that they would probably pick one. But now it's to the point where it's just effective every week. And what we say a lot on the broadcast is if we don't know exactly who's in or what, what they're going to run, then how can the other team? We watch every play. We've been to practices. Um, you know, certain downs and distance, you get the idea of which quarterback's coming in. But it doesn't mean that if it's Asher O'Hara that they're strictly running or if it's Jake, it's always passing. Uh, it's a really good mix. He's had teams on their heels. And then both quarterbacks are great friends, and they're both playing well. So, yeah, it's worked amazingly well this far into the year. You come into Missoula, Montana, and you handle the Grizzlies the way that Sacramento State did. You've done something. I think that woke up the rest of FCS Nation that this team is for real and it's not going anywhere. Yeah, what well, was interesting for, from the Hornet side of things, you know, there was some thought that, oh, they had off to a slow start. Well, they had lost a game at home to Northern Iowa, who was ranked at the time, and the Hornets had six turnovers. So just an outlier of a weird game. And then their only other loss was to Cal, and they were competitive. So when they were going to Missoula, I think we had seen a, a point spread. You know, the unofficial spreads are out there, something like 19-point underdogs. And I thought, boy, the last time these two teams played, the Hornets beat them by 27 points. So um, I didn't expect it to be easy. I'd been there all the uh, previous losses in Missoula. But uh, finally, to break through, they've had so many close calls. And, you know, it was kind of a, seat, a size versus speed thing. And the Hornets' speed played well. They just played well all the way through and handled that atmosphere. And I thought that was one of their, their great wins they've had. And then they've just continued to, to back it up since then. And the running back room has really stepped up to 246 yards rushing last week against Northern Arizona. They needed to have that next man up mentality. And boy, howdy, did they. 
Yes, because Elijah Dotson, who was their preseason All-American, one of the great runners in school history, only played the first four games. He uh, elected to stop playing with the program and stop playing with the team, and that can be something that could really crush a program. But uh, other running backs have come in. Marcus Fulcher, Perkinson's had a lot of B.J. Perkinson, a, a long career with the Hornets. And then last week, freshman Cameron Scadaboo gets over 100. So the depth, the uh, play calling, the execution – uh, you know, this team right now is playing really good football, and that's what coaches want. They, from game one to where they are now, they're certainly improving and getting better each week. And you're a very talented broadcaster. Have you thought of something for a catchphrase for Scadaboo? Because I'm not nearly as good as you are. I, I think I would have thought of something by now. I, I don't ever want to be, I, I don't know, it's just, I guess everybody has their own philosophy. I, I don't know. I, if it'll come out naturally, I haven't really thought of one that I want to have planned. If it does, great. If not, um, I've just marveled at watching him run. He was a great high school runner here locally, and he's a smaller guy that just breaks all these tackles and runs with power. But he did that last week, and his uh, most amount of carries got over 100 yards. So I'm still searching on that one. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll come up with some. FCS Nation, we're joined by Mr. Jason Ross, the play-by-play voice for the Sacramento State Hornets. Defense has been good. You held Montana down, did a great job against Northern Arizona last week. Now, I just want to ask you this. Did that defense learn a lot about themselves in that game with Cal? Oh, they must have. I mean, I think every week is a is a learning experience for them. I think early on they were a little bit vulnerable to some deep looks and some deep passes, and that happened a little bit at Cal and even uh, the first couple of weeks. But since then, um, they've been getting after the quarterback. They've been um, – you know, limiting on third downs, that Montana fourth quarter where they had the shutout after they had a fumbled uh, punt return deep in their own territory. Felt like that's when the game might flip, but they got an interception the next play. So they've been opportunistic at getting to the quarterback, at creating turnovers. And then this last week, to be honest with NAU, I was really surprised. NAU came in playing great football, averaging over 50 points a game the last two weeks. And their quarterback, the freshman, once they went to him, over 400 yards passing. And the Hornets just completely shut them down. So they've got five straight weeks of shutout football. That side of the ball has just been spectacular here the last couple of weeks. And the schedule sets up nicely for you to have a huge Causeway Classic against UC Davis on November 20th. Both teams got to get there, but that could be the biggest game in FCS on 20 November. Oh, that would be fantastic. I mean, we're only separated by 11 miles. There is a good rivalry for years. Uh, UC Davis's program has gotten so much better as at Sacramento State. And, um, you know, three years ago, Davis won the Big Sky. Two years ago, the Hornets did. Last year, uh, you know, there wasn't a, a fall season. They played the spring. Uh, Sac State didn't. But um, there would be nothing better for this region than to have both teams either going into the playoffs or fighting for a division title uh, in the Causeway. This year it will be played at Davis. So it's that game gets a lot of attention in our community already, but that, that will be fun, especially if both programs stay like this for years to come, can build something like a Montana, Montana State. Uh, that, would be, that would be absolutely fantastic. FCS Nation, that's been Mr. Jason Ross, play-by-play voice for the Sacramento State Hornets. Jason, thanks for making the time. Really appreciate you, sir. And I've enjoyed watching your football team play. They are solid in all three phases, and they're fun to watch, and I think that's all you can ask for. Yep, we love it. Thank you so much. It's been fun, and hopefully uh, they keep it going. It's time for us to take a quick break. We'll be right back right after these messages from our local sponsors. Please support them. They support us and FCS football. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network.
sticking with us during the break. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Networks. Now time for my favorite segment of the week, the pick segment, where Chris and I go head-to-head and pick the biggest games taking place across FCS Nation. Up first, number one, Southern Illinois is at number 15, Northern Iowa. Southern Illinois has played a lot of tight games. They've gotten away with it so far. I think this is where that ends. Give me the Panthers to win this game 30-27. to 27. Not me, sir. This is the game of the week in FCS, in my opinion. And the Salukis and the Panthers both sport great wins this season. Northern Iowa's played two really physical games in a row. Southern Illinois is coming off a bye week. The Salukis are fresher, and they will win on the road over Northern Iowa 27-24. Indiana State is at number two, North Dakota State. If North Dakota State sticks with the quarterback change, look for them to explore the passing game a little bit. That could bring some mistakes into play, but I don't think it's going to be enough of an issue for this to be much of a close game. Give me the Bison to win 34-10. to 10. Whoever plays a quarterback for the Bison will get some quality reps here. The trees are better, but are not ready to push the Bison. NDSU at home in the Fargo Dome, 30-10. to 10. William & Mary is at number three, Villanova. Nova's on a roll. They have a great offense. The defense is playing equally as well. I like the Wildcats to win this one fairly easily, 27-7. to 7. The Tribe have looked good lately, winning five of their last six games. Villanova's displayed a really good defense to go along with Daniel Smith and that strong rushing attack. This will be a good football game, but Villanova will pull away late and will win at home over Wayman Mary, 31-24. Number four, Sam Houston is at Tarleton State. Bearcats take care of business fairly easily, 44-17. to 17. Texans had over 15,000 at their place, Memorial Stadium, last week, and they struggled to beat Midwestern State. A much better opponent rolls into town this week in the Sam Houston Bearcats. Hard to see anyway. Tarleton keeps it close. Bearcats went on the road, 42-13. McNeese is at number five, southeastern Louisiana. Until somebody proves that they can slow down southeast Louisiana, I'm going to have to go with the Lions. I think they win this game convincingly, 40-10. to McNeese looked good last week, beating Incarnate Word. And you know the Lions are excited for just their second home game at Strawberry Stadium this season. Quarterback Cole Kelly and the Lions offense continue to impress, and this week will be no exception. Take SLU at home, 42-28. Elon is at number six, James Madison. Well, perhaps the last shot at the playoffs for Elon, but I don't think they'll have enough in the tank. JMU is playing lights out on defense. Give me the Dukes to win this game, 23-17. to Phoenix quarterback Davis Cheek has been playing out of his mind the last two weeks, y'all. 56 of 68 for 660 yards and seven touchdowns. JMU's had problems in the red zone and running the football. This could spell a whole lot of trouble for the Dukes. But I believe the Dukes will correct some of those mistakes just enough, and they'll win a close one over Elon in Harrisonburg, 27-21. to Austin P is at number eight, Tennessee Martin. I think this is where Tennessee Martin has a hiccup, even though they're at home. Give me the governors to win this game, being the Jekyll and Hyde team that they are, 34 to 30. I totally agree. This is my upset special of the week. The Skyhawks are good, but they've had a tendency to start slowly and let teams back into games that they had no business being in. Those things will bite you directly into buttocks, and the Skyhawks have been living on borrowed time all season. The governors are much better than the record would have you think. Take them.
Take Austin P on the road to shock UT Martin, 31-27. Number 10, South Dakota State is at Youngstown State. Well, despite my warnings as far as how important this game is for South Dakota State and how difficult their remaining schedule is, I think they actually go out and make a statement here and they win this game convincingly, 41-21. to I think it'll be a little closer than that. Not much closer, but Youngstown is a scary opponent for the Jackrabbits. It's a tough place to play in a hostile environment. You can throw out all the cliches you want here, but the Jackrabbits are really up against it if they are to be a national championship contender. Must win here, and I think they will. Take the Jackrabbits over the Penguins in Youngstown, 35-24. Gardner-Webb is at number 13, Kennesaw State. I just don't see Kennesaw State losing another game in the regular season. So give me the Owls to win this game 27-7. to I agree. Take Kennesaw State at home behind a strong running attack. Gardner-Webb can't stop the run, and Kennesaw's better at it than just about anybody else. The Owls win at home 34-17. Samford is at number 14 VMI. I think Samford bounces back with their passing game, and I think they give VMI some fits through the air and pull off the upset on the road. I like the Bulldogs here, 38-35. Not me, sir. Samford was held to three points last week by a good Chattanooga defense. I didn't think the 85 Bears could hold a Chris Hatcher offense to just three solitary points. VMI must start fast and break their will. If they can, they will. The Institute will be heard from today. Take VMI at home, 35-21. Number 16, Sacramento State is at Northern Colorado. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think Troy Taylor is yet to lose a Big Sky Conference game on the road. I don't think that begins here. Give me Sacramento State to win this game. Defensive battle, 20-12. to The Hornets are for real, y'all, and they'll continue to prove it. They will whip Northern Colorado in Greeley, 38-10. to Southern Utah is at number 17, Montana. I like the Grizz here, 35-7. to I have the Grizz ranked lower than most. The offense looked better last week against Idaho, but let's face it, Idaho's made a lot of people's offense look good. That unit needs to improve. I believe they will. Chris Brown is better the more he plays. Take the Grizz at home in Missoula, 38-17. Number 18, Mercer travels to Charleston to take on the Citadel Bulldogs. This is a bit of a toss-up game for me, but I'm going to go with another upset. That'll be three of them this week. Give me your Bulldogs to win 28-27. My man. The Citadel did not play well on defense last week, and the Bulldogs have had problems with teams that want to spread you out and throw the ball. Mercer's not that kind of a squad. They want to run the ball with Fred Davis. This will be a low-scoring affair, and the Dogs are at home. My upset special of the week number two, take the Citadel at home in the Holy City over Mercer, 17-14. to That brings us to the end of another episode of FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. like to thank the program directors and board ops all up and down our network for putting this show on for you each week. Couldn't do it without y'all. We appreciate you. FCS Nation is co-hosted by Mr. Chris Callum, produced by Mr. Justin Swallows. The marketing director for FCS Nation is Miss Stacy Marshall. If you miss any portion of this show, pick up the podcast wherever you download podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter. Twitter at FCS Nation Radio 1. That's at FCS Nation Radio and the number 1. I'm executive producer and host Kevin Marshall thanking you for making FCS Nation a small part of your football week. And like I always do, y'all, I'd like to remind you that life's a lot like football. You play by the rules and the penalties won't kill you. Until next week, so long, everybody.